Well, welcome to week one of a series we've entitled Dare to Dream. And uh, so excited to be able to not only share this series with you, uh, but simultaneously for the first time ever in the history of Timber Creek Church, we are actually welcoming in live our Iglesia Timber Creek over in our student center in the Lufkin location. Uh, Iglesia Timber Creek is joining us, the Duncan Unit, the Dieball Correctional Center, and for the first time now, the Dream Teamers at Nacogdoches in their practice service. Come on, everybody. Let's welcome everybody. Come on, give it up. So excited about what God is doing. All these different venues that God is, is creating and, and, and that we're just trying to follow along with. And I think it's a perfect time. Iglesia, you're being translated here. I hope I don't say a lot of words that are hard to translate. And, and hopefully the translator doesn't say the wrong words. And all of a sudden you think that I was cussing in the middle of service. But we're so glad to have Iglesia and Dream Teamers at NAC and Duncan and Dieball. Uh, we love you. We love you guys. Um, today we start this series, and I want to start by talking about a few years ago, I was walking through a convention center, a hotel lobby, and I was headed to a workshop, and as I was looking for the place, I was a little lost, it was a huge convention center, and I, as I went to the escalator to go up to the second floor, I noticed a gentleman, an older gentleman in his 70s, uh, with a big smile on his face. He had a lanyard, and it said, ask me anything. And I said, well, I want to I wanna ask a whole bunch of stuff. But I went up to him, and I, and I said, hey, do you know where this workshop is? It was a leadership workshop. And, and uh, he said, he said, oh, I'll answer your question, but can I ask you a question first? And I said, yeah. And he put his hand out, and he, he shook my hand, and he, put, he, put, he grabbed my hand with both of his calloused, mature, wise hands. And that gentleman, I don't even know his name. I didn't even get his name. He looked in my eyes, and he asked me this question. He said, what's your dream? And I'm just trying to get to the workshop. And this guy has all of a sudden pushed pause on my, like, life. Because as I, I stammered and, and thought and wanted to just blurt something out, I, I, I couldn't quite communicate. And I said, you know, I used to know. And it hit me like a freight train in that moment that I had drifted away from really hot, clear, actionable next steps that God wanted me to take as a man of God, as a husband, as, as a dad, as a pastor. At that time, years ago, not yet the pastor of this church. And it put me on a journey to really begin to discover, God, I, want, I don't ever want anybody to grab me by the hand again and say, hey, if you'll, I want to give you a million dollars if you tell me what your dream is. And me go, uh, uh. I want to be able to communicate because, because God has dreams for you and for me to dream. All throughout Scripture, God speaks not just as we are asleep and dreaming, but he speaks in this 
out there, beyond this mountain, over the horizon, things you can't see yet. And the book of Proverbs says it like this, and and this is where I was a few years ago. Proverbs says, if people can't see what God is doing, well, their next step is they simply stumble. That's their next step. They stumble all over themselves. They try and do this, and they try and do that. Maybe they even do good things. They do good things, but it's not the right things. In fact, one of the greatest mistakes we can make is not being afraid of failure. It's actually succeeding in all kinds of stuff that at the end of the life doesn't really matter. If they can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But if they attend, if they work on, if they approach, if they think about, if they, if they practice what he reveals, they are most blessed. Blessings aren't always financial. Blessings aren't always health-related. But blessings are always in store for those that simply attend to what he reveals. So what does he reveal? What What are his dreams made of? Well, God's dreams are made of this. Uh, sorry, product of the 90s and 80s. God's dreams are made of different components. How do you know it's how do you know it's God's dream? Not just dream dreams. Like you can dream a dream. You can have a dream within a dream. You can you can have a dream, but is it God's dream or not? Let me give you some components of what makes God's dream really God's dream. If you're taking notes in our locations, write these down. Number 1, God's dreams are one of his languages, number 1. God speaks, you know what his native tongue is? God. <laughs> That's his, what do you speak, what, what language are you speaking? I speak God. That's what God speaks. And so when he spoke the world into existence, let there be light, he's speaking the language of, of God. He wasn't speaking, you know, English with a Texan accent. He, he's speaking the language of God. And he, he is not bound by our time and our geography and our laws and gravity. He speaks through all of that. So he can, he can speak a language of someone else and he can give word. It's why the Bible is written in story form because the, a story is a language. When you tell a story, regardless of what language you're telling it in, a story has its, it's a universal language and God speaks to us universally from Africa to Lufkin to New Zealand to Dybal to Spanish to English to you name it. He speaks to us in dreams. In fact, this is one of the, the moment the Holy Spirit is poured out in a special way to empower the church to be witnesses for God and to build the church. Um, Peter begins to quote on the day of Pentecost the prophet Joel, and he says it this way. In the last days, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and daughters. It's not just left to the men to speak bold and to speak strong. They will prophesy. They'll see things in the future. They'll see something that hasn't yet happened. Their young men will see visions, places that aren't quite there yet, what we're going to look like down the road, and your old men will dream dreams. This is the language of God. God wants to speak his native tongue with you and give you dreams that are not just bucket list items but are his dreams for you and his dreams for others through 
you. Have you seen nesting dolls? They're also called Russian dolls where there's a doll within a doll within a doll within a doll. Dreams are like that. God gives dreams like that. They're nested. You know, I'm standing on the shoulders of people that were dreamers. That back in 1927, somebody had a dream to put up a tent downtown Lufkin and start a fresh work of what God was doing in their life. And they didn't want to keep it to themselves. And there was a fresh dream that took place. And another pastor took that dream and someone else took that dream. And, and, and there are times where dreams lay dormant. And they skip a generation and then they get picked back up. In the book of, of Ezra, and there's this king, Josiah. They lost the Bible. They lost the law of God. It was, it was lost in the destruction of the temple. And generation passed, they didn't even know who God was. And then they discover it again. And it's a new dream. But it was actually a dream within a dream that just needed to be discovered again. God speaks the language of dreams to, to you and to his church. Number two, God's dreams become the target of your faith. When you can discover God's dream for your life, it becomes the target of, of where your faith propels you to. The book of Hebrews says it like this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, a dream. Something you don't, evidence of things not seen yet. It, it, it's out there. It's a vision. It's a dream. It's yet to happen. And faith is that substance. And the dream is that target. And it helps us move forward to what God has next. When we build our faith, we don't really build a faith unless we're looking at something that we can't quite see. What God wants to do that he hasn't quite done Here's another one, number three. God's dreams are bigger than your ability. It will never be, if God gives you a God dream, it will never be within your power to accomplish it. You know why? Because it's not your dream. If it's your dream, you've got, the, you've got the power to accomplish that dream. But God's dreams are not limited finitely by your ability to push to push the, the plow and to make it happen and bite your bottom lip. God always wants you to dream beyond your ability because if it was all up to you, guess who gets the credit? You get the credit. God wants this church and wants you and your family and your kids and your kids' kids. I hope that we will become kind of people that are challenging one another. What's your dream? And also be able to answer that same question. What's your dream? What's your dream for your marriage? What's your dream for your family? What's your dream for your children? Just to get that education, like once you get the diploma, like what's, net, what's, what's a dream we have for the next generation? God's dreams are bigger than our ability to just accomplish them because he wants to get the credit. Number four, God's dreams are always beyond your resources. We are building a big old dream. And if God doesn't show up, look at me in the eyeballs, everybody. Duncan, Dieball, Iglesia. If God doesn't show up in the middle of the dream he's given this church, we will fail miserably. Just because God gives you a dream doesn't mean, doesn't mean that, that if you just get lazy on it, that it's going to come to fruition. But God is always going to do something bigger than what you can even see right 
Now, I wonder the disciples laying around the campfire as Jesus just taught them. And they lay down, they pop a fig in their mouth that they just picked off the, the local tree. And, and they're, they're looking up into the moon and the stars. And, and they see that moon. Little did they know that a couple thousand years later, like people would be, be walking on that moon. Like that's so beyond their ability to even comprehend or beyond their own resources. And God wants to give the kind of dreams that are beyond your resources so that he can be told it was God. God showed up. God intervened. God provided. He's a provider. His, his name's Jehovah Jireh. That he was our supply. It wasn't that really good deal I made alone. God was able to work things out. That has been what's happening with Nacogdoches. We have, we have been delayed almost 24 months to launch Nacogdoches. We wanted to launch September of 2017. Two-year delay. And I'm all up in the delay like, God, God got me all like, what is going on? We had a dream. And you know what? God said, there's a whole lot of, actually, there's a, there's a whole lot of good people that you have on your team. There's a whole lot of good things you can do. I want, I want you to feel the pressure of just leaning back and saying, God, you're going to have to do this. And so the high school, it, it, it falls through for us to launch in Nacogdoches. The, the, another building in the mall doesn't work out. That was like a, a mirror. That was a blessing in disguise. Another building is way too much money. Another building says, hey, we're going to lease it for this much. It's way out of our budget. The building we started with that we said, oh, listen to me now. The building we started with on North Street called the Old Steels Building next to the bowling alley, the bar, and the movie theater. It, 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 was, it was going to be $17,000 a month to lease it, just to lease it as is. It went out of our, it was out of our price range. It was beyond our resources. We said, show us what we can afford. And you know what? I think God put us on pause because he said, actually, if you look at it on your resources, you're going to miss what I want to do. After a lot of different things and several months later, the owner of that, of that property that owns about 40 more of those properties all across the world, he lives in Canada. His name is Jacques. We sent an email directly to Jacques. We went past the brokers, went past the property managers. We went to Jacques and we said, we're not just trying to put a steeple on your building. We're trying to create a community destination. Here's what it's going to look like. We want cafe open and we'd love to open it more and get people on your campus. And we started casting the vision of this larger than life deal. And I'm just here to tell you that, that after all was said and done, it was going to be 17000 plus triple net, which means paying for your property taxes and, and, and paying for some other things that to kind of keep the, the parking lot good and all that stuff. All in, all of the triple net, everything, we were able, he came back and gave it to us for $5,500 a month from 17000 Whoa. But you know what? We had to dream beyond our current resources because God said, that's nothing for me. Actually, if you'll keep searching and, and you'll keep dreaming, I'll figure out a way for pay, to pay for it one way or another. It's the way God works. If the dream doesn't scare you, it's probably not God. But here's the deal. Way beyond just a dream for your life, God's dream will change lives. Is this, here's the difference between a bucket list of, of getting, you know, doing the whole uh, uh, climbing the Himalayas like the old movie, the bucket list with Morgan Freeman and Jack uh, Nicholson. 
or Nicholas, Jack, whichever, the Jack, the Jack, uh, whichever one that was, not the golfer, the actor. They, they, one's rich, one's poor, and, and he said, we're, we're going we're to fulfill this bucket list. And I want to say something to you. God's dream for your life is way beyond climbing the Himalayas or, or swimming with the sharks or kissing the most beautiful girl in the world. I already got that one off my bucket list. I got two of them in my house. God doesn't want you just to accomplish a bucket list. He wants to intersect his dream with someone else. All throughout scripture, dreams are intersecting with one another. There's all these different stories that that take place. A widow is about to bury her son. She's gathering sticks to make one more meal, and she doesn't know what's going to happen. And a prophet who had done bold things for God is now feeling suicidal. He's, 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 He's running away from a crazy uh, Jezebel queen, and he's in the middle of the dumps, and he's down, and God visits him and tells him what to do and feeds him, says, now go down to Zarephath and take care, and I'm going to give you direction. And that prophet, God gives him a dream. He goes down. Meanwhile, this person has lost their dream, the widow who has a son, and their paths intersect, and God provides for the prophet through the widow. The prophet provides through God for the widow. It's a dream within a dream. That's how God works. Joseph's got a dream. He's thrown into a well for it. Careful who you share your dreams with. He's sold into slavery. Meanwhile, Pharaoh gets all upset and persnickety with his, with his, you know, with his kitchen help, and he throws him into prison. While Joseph, he's got like this cougar wife of Potiphar who, who you know, uh, accuses him of sexual misconduct in the workplace. He gets thrown into prison, and yet the dream within a dream, they intersect, and these guys connect to the king, and the king, the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh needs a dream accomplished. They know Joseph's in prison, and he is an interpreter of dreams. It's just, listen, God is going to give you dreams that will change people's lives. You are, you are standing in intersections every single day. But if that's the truth, why is it that so many of us, if we were just to be asked the simple question, what's your dream? To be honest, don't know if we could quickly answer with clarity and conviction and raise God-ordained precision. I don't think we could. And I'm here to start this series so that by the end of this, you will. That by the end of this message series, Young and old, just getting started or thinking you're on the fourth quarter. Brand new baby Christian senior saint, just turned 40, just turned 20. You're a teenager, you're here, whatever. You're right there at Duncan and Dieball, and you feel like your dreams have died when the cell slams shut. And I'm here to tell you God's dream isn't done. And I want every one of us, Iglesia, Nacogdoches, Duncan and Dieball and Lufkin, I want us to dream, dare to dream. But the reason we are not dreaming is because the Bible says we're like sheep. We like drift. We go astray. 
And there is a subtle drifting of a dream that happens in all of us. I'm guilty, you're guilty. We just subtly drift away from the dreams God plants in us. It starts small. As kids, there's like so much dreaming in us. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to do this, Dad. I'm going to be a major league baseball player. And, and like there's a subtle drifting from those dreams. Reality sets in too. You know, like there's some reality there. Just because one person has a dream doesn't mean it's your dream. God has a dream for you based on your capacity, based on your bags of gold. Don't be mad at the other person that's got bags of gold that are different than you. You just dream what God's given you to dream. But there's a subtle drifting of a dream. Everyday life causes us to drift. The busy pace, the craziness. And because we've got all this other stuff to do, we get discouraged. We had a high, high hopes for all this over here, and yet we got no time to make it happen. Everyday life. Here's another one, unmet expectations. When expectations are high, reality is down here. Expectations and reality, and that space between, that, that's a crazy place where conflict happens, where discouragement takes place, depression, you name it. We've got expectations, but yet here is reality. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs 13. Hope deferred or hope postponed or hope on delay. It makes the heart sick. Ugh, gives you a heartache. But longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And we, that longing fulfilled, that is a dream realized. That's a tree of life. That just, mm, that is good fruit. When we can have a longing fulfilled, but when we're hoping and it's postponed and the expectation is unmet, waiting for that, waiting for Mr. Right and you're still single, and so what happens is instead of waiting for Mr. Wright, we settle for Mr. Dwight. <laughs> if you're Dwight here, I'm, just, you know, I'm joking. But. And you settle. Let, can I say something to you? Settling will be 100 times worse than being single. 100 times worse. Don't settle. And don't settle for a dream that isn't God's dream for your life. Unresolved yesterdays. Yeah, you'd love to dream in the future, but you're still stuck in yesterday. You're still hurting from what happened last time. You still can't get that hurt, that, 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 that person, that situation, that failure. You're, you're stuck looking in the rearview mirror, and, 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 and God wants to help you settle your yesterdays, but they're unresolved. The Bible says it like this in Ephesians, in your anger, do not sin. Isn't that a wonderful little line in the scripture, meaning that it's okay to be angry every once in a while, but in your anger, don't sin. So you can be angry and be sin and not sin, or you can be angry and like, you know, a sinner. <laughs> in your anger, do not sin. The next line says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. There is a timeline to deal with things. Because here's what happens when you don't deal with it. If you don't settle your yesterdays, you know what takes place? Don't give the devil a foothold. 
It's not that he takes the complete steering wheel. It's not that everything goes wheels off into the ditch. But what happens is when we don't settle the things that hurt us, that wounded us, we don't forgive, what happens is it's a handlebar. It's a foothold on the terrain of your life that the enemy can come in and he grabs a foothold and we're stuck when unresolved yesterdays, when just beyond this thing, the devil's holding you back to climb to climb up and just over that is God's dream. Over that next traverse, God's got this for you, but you've given the devil a foothold and it's time to settle your yesterdays. Here's another thing that keeps people from dreaming. We subtly drift. It's an unhealthy view of self. Some of you actually think that you don't deserve God to do something big. Or you think your time has passed. Or you think, well, now it's time to just hand that off to someone else. I don't have the energy to do that anymore. That's an unhealthy view of self. I'll never get out of where I am now. You're right. I've got those yesterdays. I've got that hurt. I've got that thing. They don't even know they hurt me. And I'm sitting here having to deal with it. And they're just, you know, they're going to Sandals, Jamaica. And I'm wounded by them. Can I just say to you? Every location, there are seeds of greatness in every single one of you. And I was fortunate enough to have a structure around me as a mom and a dad and aunts and uncles and grandpas and grandmas that spoke life, that watered the seeds in me. And Jesus, finding him at an early age after a Sunday night service when I was six years old, my dad was a pastor, but I didn't get saved at an altar at the church. I came home and in the middle of the bathroom, my mom's taking her makeup off and I walk in and God was was touching my little bitty six-year-old heart and, and I walked and I said, Mommy, what is it? What do I need to do to make sure Jesus is in my heart? What do I need to do to ask Jesus to, to, to be the Lord of my life? Because that's what they were talking in church. And I'm just sitting there, you know, rolling around underneath the pews and, you know, coloring, you know, quick draw McGraw and doing my old thing. But there were seeds being planted, seeds being planted. Do not forsake the gathering together with your kids going to Kidworths because seeds are getting planted. And there's going to be a time where the moment comes. And in that bathroom, I said, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. And my, my dad came in. My mom had makeup, mascara, dreaming. Those were back in the days. We were real Pentecostal. I'm, I mean, not Pentecostal with no makeup, like uber Pentecostal with extra makeup. You're right? You watch TBN, you got extra makeup. That's super Pentecostal. Then you you got United Pentecostal. It's no make. Okay, well, whatever. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is she looked like the Joker, okay, in the middle of a rainstorm. But right there with my mom with, with, with lipstick and mascara and my dad in his T-shirt and his boxers, we bent down and I put my little elbows on the toilet. And right there at the porcelain altar, bless God, I asked Jesus to come into my little bitty heart. And that big old God came into my little bitty heart. And ever since, have I drifted? Yes. But he's always been stirring me up. 
and helping. But I had an unhealthy view of self. I was the shortest kid in class, not just because I was short. I had a growth hormone deficiency. Had to take medicine that cost way beyond our own resources. God provided. That's another day and another story and another miracle. Thousands and thousands of dollars a month to be on the, 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 the medicine that I had to take through syringe. But God, through a divine way, made it to where we didn't have to pay a dime except for well, the cost of our syringes from Walmart. And this is what about $300,000 over seven years is going to get you as far as growth hormone. <laughs> it's, about, it's what it gets you. But I can also bench press 472 pounds. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not that kind of steroid. I was cross-eyed as a kid until fifth grade. A lady killer, okay? Short, cross-eyed. Is Jeremy looking at me? Is he looking at the whiteboard? <laughs> but there were seeds of greatness in me. And if you're not careful and I'm not careful, we'll let the things we go through become an unhealthy view of self. And all of a sudden, that is the lens, how we define God, how we define ourselves. We live in a performance culture. We live in a shame. We live in that shame, and we let it define and dictate how big our God is. And what that does is it brings uh, the, 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 the truth to us. When we have an unhealthy view of self, we've got to go back to the word. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. It's time to let go of just who you are and hang on to who God really is. That's where you find who you are. I am preaching better than you responding. Come on, Iglesia. Come on, Duncan. Come on, Lufkin. Help me out here. There is an unhealthy view of self that we got to shake off and allow God to get us to dream again. But beyond ourselves, we have an inaccurate view of God. I mean, our prayers sometimes. Oh, dear Lord, I hope I have a good day today. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for the food. Here's the worst one. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die... Before I wake, what kind of future? I pray the Lord my soul to take. No, here, here's the prayer we can pray. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. It's time to dare to dream again. We've got to dream again. If you've accomplished a dream and you aren't in heaven, it's time to get another dream. I hope that this church keeps on dreaming. We got a dream to launch community destinations by the time we turn 100 years old. But guess what? It's not like when we turn 100 that we're like the end of, you know, Cheers sitcom where we turn off the lights of the bar. No, we're, we're going to keep going. God has new dreams. The launch of Nacogdoches isn't the fulfillment of the dream. It's the seed that's beginning to grow a new dream because there are all kinds of dreams that are unfulfilled sitting dormant in Nacogdoches, Texas, and in that area. And we are not fulfilling a dream by launching the Nacogdoches campus. We are starting a dream, and we're helping other people dream. We're just getting started. So how do you dare to dream again? Over the next few weeks, I want to help us. I want to give us some tools on discovering God's dream for our life. Next week, I'm going to help you get started. Where do I start? 
on cultivating, seeking the presence of God and beginning to define what a dream is for my family, for my life, for my leadership, for my health. God wants you to dream big dreams. He has plans for you. Give glory to him through those things and ask him, God, what might you want to do through me? But here's what we got to do to get started there. In order to get back to ground zero, in order to get back to ready, in order to get back palms up, ready for God to move on us, what do we do? What do we do to position ourselves to dream again? The first one would be this. Repent of your small dreams. Because when you dream small, you are saying, my God is small. Repent of your small dreams. You know, Disney was a dreamer. In fact, he died before everything was built. And at one of the anniversaries of Walt Disney World, um, they, they were having a, 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 a commemorative moment. And they were cutting the ribbon on a new part of the park. And Mrs. Disney was standing there, and one of her friends came over to Mrs. Disney, and she says, oh, don't you just wish Walt could have been here to see this? And Mrs. Disney looked at her and said, oh, you got it wrong. Walt saw all this way before we ever did. He dreamed big. Disney dreamt big. Steven Spielberg dreaming big. Jerry Jones, oh, keep dreaming. But here's the deal. These guys spend billions and billions and billions of dollars on their dream. But then when churches and when pastors and when preachers have some big old dreams to do big, if it's all in our bucket list, yeah, we ought to be a touch skeptical. We ought to be a touch perplexed if it's just accomplishing old J.Y.'s bucket list. But if the church is going to advance the message of Jesus Christ forward, we all got to be a little scared. We all got to be a little excited. We all got to be a little, whoo, how's this going to turn out because we're dream and such big dreams. Oh, God, forgive us. In fact, Sir Francis Drake wrote it this way. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves. Disturb us, Lord, when our dreams have come true because we've dreamed too little. Disturb us, Lord, when we arrive safely because we sail too close to the shore. I'm inviting you to just ask God to forgive you for not dreaming big. God, I want to do as much as you have for me in this speck of sand that is my life in the understanding of eternity and help us to dream bigger. You know what else you got to do if you're going to get back to ready to dare to dream again? You got to change your pace. Joseph was going to divorce Mary. She messaged him on Facebook. We got to talk. He's like, Cool, Starbucks? She's like, no. <laughs> My parents' living room, they're with me right now. We gots to talk. She's, she's pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says Joseph didn't want to embarrass her, he was going, but he was going to forget this. But then he went to sleep and God spoke to him. He had to, change, he had to slow down. Some of you, you're running so fast, you've got to slow down. I'm too busy to get involved. I'm too busy to get connected. I'm just too busy to really think about these things. I don't got time because everyday life and unresolved issues and all this stuff, slow down. you got to change your pace. 
for the sake of getting what God has for you next, you've got to, to change the pace. You know what else you do? You ask Jesus to give you fresh eyes. I love it when I have leaders come in. I've had some secret shoppers come in before and look at our kid works and our dream teams and our people. How'd, they, how, how, how'd you feel when you walked through the door? So just, just you know, get ready. It's going to happen again, Nagadoches. We're going to have some secret shoppers all walking up in there, looking, spy cameras in their glasses. I don't know. That's a joke, but... Ask Jesus to give you fresh eyes because sometimes you just forget what things look like. You walk through your house and there's a broken mirror and you forget the mirror is broken and someone else walking through says, oh, that mirror is broken. You're like, oh, yeah, that, I've been meaning to get that thing fixed. In college, you walk into your room, a friend walks in and says, what is that smell in here? You're like, oh, I've been meaning to get the carpets cleaned. We need some fresh eyes and we ask Jesus to give those to us. And, I, and I, I finish up with this scripture, this story of Jesus. Go ahead, Brandon. In Mark chapter 8, here's what happens. Some people brought a blind man to him, to Jesus, and begged him to touch and heal him. Can I just stop there and just say, I want you and I to be the some people who are bringing people to Jesus and begging Jesus for those people. That's a dream. That's a big dream. Listen, some of us, look, look at me, look at me. Some of you, Duncan Dybald, you've never invited someone to join you on a Wednesday night service. Iglesia, you've never asked someone, would you like to go to church with me? Be the people that bring people to Jesus. I believe this is an intersection where people meet Jesus. You be, be people that bring and beg Jesus to do what only he can do. And I don't mean you're out loud bringing your unsaved friend. Oh, God, touch Doug. He's in such a bad place. No, you're whispering, oh God, touch Doug, touch Doug. He's, he's such in a bad place. But you're begging, the, you're begging Jesus for your friends. Begged him to touch and to heal him. And here's what Jesus does. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Look at me, everybody. Look at me now. The only way to get God's dream is you got to let him get close to you. It's not just getting a dream from God and he's way out here. The first step is you just got to get close to Jesus. And it's not about you grabbing the hand of Jesus. Jesus will grab your hand. Stretch your hand out. Grab his hand and let him take you out. Change your pace. Get you out of the normal day-to-day -day operations and get out of that village that you've been stuck in. Let him do something big. And here's what Jesus does. It's a little unconventional. He spat upon his eyes and laid his hands over them. That's what I do when I go to the hospital now for hospital visits. I want to pray with you, but before I do, <laughs> they've not asked me to come back to the hospital visit. I don't know what the problem is. Could you imagine? But here, here's what I'm showing you. Jesus always wants to mix the divine with, with the normal. Only Jesus can provide the divine spittle. We provide our hands, but he anoints it with his divine. Jesus says, can you see anything now? After he lays his hands on him. And the man looked around. Whoa, whoa, yes, he said, I see men. Uh, but, 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 but I can't see them very clearly. They look like tree trunks walking around. Here's an interesting thought. 
How did the blind man even know what a tree looked like? Could it be that he used to see, but some way or another he had lost his vision? And then here's the, here's, here is the linchpin. Jesus placed his hands over the man's eyes again. And I believe some of you have forgotten what it's like to dream. And you need a once again, Jesus, you need to lay his hands on your eyes again kind of experience. You've been serving Jesus and you love Jesus, but you, but, but like his vision is like tree trunks and he wants to clarify what he has. You are not finished yet. And as the man stared intently, as he did his part, he didn't just close his eyes. Yeah, can you see? I don't know. I don't want to open my eyes. He had to open his eyes. He had to stare and focus. As he stared intently, his sight was completely restored, and he saw everything clearly drinking in the sights around him. When that man took me by the hands and said, what's your dream? I decided that day I don't ever want to not be able to answer that question again. With God's help, I want to dream God's dreams. And it was a few years later that I took time away with God, changed my pace, got out of the village and went to Galveston by myself in a, in a, in a, in a condo so graciously given by someone in our church to let me spend some time with just me and God. So graciously the time given by my wife as she corralled the kids for a few days by herself. God planted within me that by the time we would turn 90 years old as a church, we would be pregnant with, with, with giving birth to these campuses. I thought it was going to be nine months, but we, were, we, were, we, we got pregnant with an elephant. It takes a lot longer to birth an elephant. God gave me that dream, but I want to say the birth of this community destination in Nacogdoches and that birth of Iglesia and Duncan and Dieball were just getting started. And I want to ask Jesus once again, keep helping us see clearly. At all locations, would you close your eyes? Would you pray with me today? Heads bowed, eyes closed. In this moment, please just be, just be slow to move. If you're here today and you want to dream God's dreams, the first thing is you need to invite Jesus to take your hand, to take your heart, to speak into your life. And if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, today is the day. Today's the day God's dream gets birthed in your life. You would say in your own words, God, I, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where you want me to be. I want to resolve my yesterdays. I want, to, I want to have a new look. I want to have the right view of you. Will you come into my life and give me a fresh start? If that's you, you just pray that prayer. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Open my eyes to see you. For those of you that you've asked Jesus to be the center of your life, but it's time to dream again. All across the rooms, would you just put a hand up? I want to dream again. I want to dream big dreams. If that's you, God, I want God to put a dream in my heart. If that's you, just put a hand right up in the air. I want God to birth a new dream in me. Yeah, yeah. Father, I pray over the dreams that are in the embryonic stage and dreams that, that feel like they never got off the ground, that have died, and dreams that are almost there but were delayed and hope is deferred. Father, I pray that we would just change our pace and get with you and see with your eyes fresh 
mix the divine in with our physical and do what only you can do. Thank you, Jesus. We receive that today. And we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.